Comic Book Tales is an immersive comic book experience for the new or lapsed comic book fan. I take a closer look at the comics that shaped my childhood and influenced my adulthood. Comic books are an amazing entry into another world and even provide the pictures to complete the fantasy. Join me for a new Comic Book Tales adventure. Hello and welcome to the final issue episode of this season, season one. If you notice, I've, I've gone back and forth on issue and episode and I get confused myself. I like issue, but this is a season, so it should be an episode. So I apologize for these last nine issues, episodes, I flip back and forth interchangeably and that's my fault. Uh, <clears throat> but you know, take it for what it is, it's another installment uh, of, of season one of the Marvel saga. So we've come to the acquisition by Disney. And in the last installment, I said this was the saving grace for Marvel. Marvel was going down the tubes again. Um, they'd reorganized, they'd sold off everything of value, and they were left with kind of a shell of them, their former selves. And Disney swooped in, as Disney's done with other properties, uh, and they made an offer that couldn't be refused. And the Mouse House purchased Marvel. And it was a good acquisition for both both groups. Um, I think they were purchased for, by today's standards, a very small pittance of what Marvel is truly worth today. If Marvel spun off today, it would be worth a lot more. Marvel can't afford to be spun off. And I think that's what DC taught Marvel. You know? <laughs> it's funny. I talk about Marvel being the innovator and they learned something from DC, which was, is owned by Time Warner and Warner Brothers and all the, the distribution that comes with that and all the, the notoriety and the things you can get because you're part of a big organization. It's cool to be separate, but the reality, you need some of those resources that you just can't have as a separate organization. And and Marvel has learned that, and the, the, the leadership at Marvel recognizes that Disney brings them a whole new level of uh, respectability that they would never gain on their own and never hope to gain because the margins were so small in comic books. So the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, came about because of the resources that Disney could bring to the table. So it was a well-planned out, I think well-planned out, some people may disagree, well-planned out phase, phased interface of introducing the Marvel characters to the world in movie format. Uh, so again, remember, they sold off X-Men, they sold off Fantastic Four, they sold off Daredevil, and they sold off Spider-Man, okay? And anything associated with those properties. <coughs> so like Namor, he sold off. Mutants, sold off. Uh, Daredevil has come back. Mm, we'll talk about that towards the end here. So what Marvel was left with was arguably the B-level heroes. I don't mean B-level in power. I don't mean B-level in likability. I mean B-level in notoriety or Q-rating. Everybody knows Wolverine. How many people knew the Wasp or Ant-Man? Uh, even Iron Man. Yes, there was a song, but the Iron Man was not the tip-top of people's thought process for heroes. The Hulk, probably higher on that scale, and that's why he got his fir- he got the movie first. But that was more because he had a TV show in the 70s and in the 80s. So that was more about the, uh, the Q rating for that because of notoriety in the previous uh, incarnation. 
but they had a they had a Herculean effort, and I don't mean Hercules, Herculean effort to get these characters as likable, presentable characters. So they made some changes. Uh, they went with more the Ultimates line of thought process. They made they created the Samuel Jackson Nick Fury before they got permission from Samuel Jackson <laughs> to be the likeness for Nick Fury. Uh, and he got them to work a deal with him where he get to appear in all these movies. And that's that worked out well for everybody. He's made a very good Nick Fury. It's hard to remember that Nick Fury was a white guy from the 1940s, Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos. That is hard to remember because Samuel L. Jackson has done such a good job embracing that personality <clears throat> and that character. Kudos to him. Kudos to the Marvel for thinking of him in that capacity and making that switch. I don't always agree with switching characters just to switch them, but I think it was a good choice on their part, and I think it'd be hard-pressed for a lot of people to think otherwise about that character. But they had, and I use Captain America as a B-level character because he was. He had gone through so many incarnations, so many reboots and restarts and changes. He wasn't a standalone character. Remember, a lot of these characters don't do well standalone in their own books. They've been rebooted many times. Iron Man's been rebooted a number of times. Captain America, the Hulk. Um, they just don't they don't engender long-term storylines. You're not going to follow them from week to week and month to month for years. They, they were out, but it, it was hard. It was a hard slog. So the MCU came about, and it was a planned phase-in, as opposed to DC's preference, which was standalone movies. Again, the whole universe exists so that they all interact that that cannot be stressed enough that thought process has made marvel successful for decades that that concept from stan lee overarching as it is is the reason for the success of the marvel universe i believe all the other things could have been different but he did that now maybe it wasn't out of choice maybe it was out of necessity but he did that and that makes all the difference to why you care about these characters you don't care about these characters if they're living their isolated lives look what dc just did with batman versus superman they tried to shoehorn these two together and it didn't work it didn't work maybe it was the actors they chose maybe it was the story they wrote maybe it was the action they tried to put across on the screen but it doesn't work when you shoehorn them together and for decade upon decade dc has not embraced that universal truth of these all exist together they exist together and they've never really gotten that they've never got the real world existence marvel real world dc made up places okay it's all made up i get that but made up places you can't connect to Less interconnected universe, harder to get behind. Yeah, the the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, great standalone. They don't connect. How many times can you reboot the character? And how many times can we get to hear about their origin before you say, I'm done. I'm done hearing about their origin. Spider-Man's on that right now. We're looking at the third reboot of Spider-Man in 15 years. That's too much. That is too much. That cannot happen again. This has to be it. You cannot reboot this guy yet again, or you've lost it. 
You just can't do that. So that's a Sony thing versus a Marvel and MCU where they recognize these people have to interact. They have to be part of each other's lives. Yeah, you might have to do one movie, maybe two, where they're not interacting quite as much. You need the origin story. Some people love origin. Some people hate origin. There's a pattern to it, so it becomes a little repetitive, but you need some of that origin so you can care about the characters. You cannot do that in one movie. You can't put in four or five characters and care about them in one movie when you've never seen them interact before. DC has not learned that. They tried to jump to the head of the class without putting in all the homework they needed to get to the head of the class. Marvel said, we've got a plan. Disney approved it. We've got a plan. We're going to do these movies here. We're going to do these movies here. And if you go back and watch all those movies, you will see slight nods at different times to different things in later movies. Not even the same genre. You'll see something in Iron Man 1 that becomes relevant in Avengers. Okay? So you've, you've created this layered universe in which all these things interact. Then you get the Marvel TV universe. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent Peggy Carter, the Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Power Man, um, Iron Fist, and future Defenders all interacting. Now, the TV doesn't interact with the same with the movies. The movies are kind of a standalone, but things that happen in the movies are at least mentioned in the TV shows. The TV shows have to do week-to-week stories or 13 episodes to try to make it relevant uh, the movie's got two and a half hours, and they've got to put it all in there. So you're not going to see a lot of the crossover, even though fans like to see that it's hard to do. I'm not saying it'll never happen, but it's hard to do because of what's involved. And the bigger name actors and actresses in the movies don't want to be on TV <laughs> on a week-to-week basis for the most part. So they're going to stick. A, they'll come in for a guest shot here and there, but they really want to be part of something else. But there is interaction, there is connectedness, there is discussion. Um, there's the villain of the week in the TV side, there's the villain of each movie. Everybody's got to have the, the big bad that you're, you're fighting, you got to have the conflict, you got to have the, you know, we get defeated, the resolution and, and success at the end. That's the, that's the Hollywood way. It isn't necessarily the comic way, but it is the Hollywood way. And you get that. But none of that happens without the Disney acquisition. And none of it matters without the real-world, uh, interconnected universe that Stan Lee created. And I give Stan Lee all the credit for that. He, he was working with a bunch of people who uh, fed into his vision, but that was his vision. And that's how he wanted it, and that's how it became. And a lot of people at Marvel will still say, what would Stan do? In this situation, what would Stan do? Not that Stan was perfect. He certainly wasn't. But... Uh, if you can keep that in mind as you're writing these stories, it starts to become a little bit more important as to doing what you're supposed to do for the benefit of the universe that you're you're part of. So we've talked, ad nauseum it might seem, from the beginning of comics and why Marvel was different. So I hope at the end of this you see Marvel started some things that were different. You know, They created a new age. It was the creation of the Silver Age. It was Marvel. And... They brought up, brought us characters that you didn't see in other pages. So again, think back to what you, not what you know now, but what was existing then. They brought characters that were larger than life and brought them into our world. They literally jumping off the page into your world. That wasn't seen before this. It wasn't seen before Marvel. 
They had the interconnected universe. They had the real world places you could relate to, New York City specifically. People could relate to that. They could look at iconic buildings and see them in the comic and understand, I might see Spider-Man swing by over here. I might. Now, you never did, but you might. <laughs> um, there was some entertainment tie-ins with Hollywood, but not really till the late 90s into the 2000s. There were, there were animated cartoons, which were done pretty well um, for the X-Men and for Spider-Man. But, you know, those things were took a long, long time to come about. So they were behind DC in that respect. Movies, same thing. DC was way ahead on the movies. But you see, it didn't necessarily benefit DC. You knew Superman, you knew Batman, but you didn't know them together. And that's a hindrance that DC never really thought forward. Um, the acquisition by Disney has made all the difference in the next phase of Marvel. The comics and the movies and the entertainment properties and all the action figures and all the games and all the things that go into that. Um, so everything Marvel has done hasn't been perfect, hasn't been right. But they got names on those boards. They made writers and artists relevant so relevant that they formed other companies. Um, some of those big artists and writers, mostly from Marvel, left and formed their own company, um, which for a time was relevant. Um, not so much anymore, but that's okay. They made a big living, whereas you know most, most of these other artists in the 40s and 50s could never have dreamed of. But that happened because of decisions that Marvel made, positive or negative, depending on what side of the story you're on. But those happened and it would not have happened otherwise. They weren't happening at DC. So they, they've brought a level of entertainment to us for myself for decades, for some others even longer, that I think is unmatched in what you see. It's, it's not great all the time. The 80s were a rough period for a rough period for comics in general. The early 90s crash was tough, really, really tough for everybody involved because if you were buying them for collector's items, the comics you found out that that wasn't going to happen. I always bought the comics to read. I bought them for what they were, what they meant to me. I never graded my comics based on quality of the covers or pinches or you know, missing staples. That wasn't what I was interested in. I was interested in the stories. I was interested in reading the stories and learning more about the characters. To me, the good story, the good artwork combined to make a good book. And that's what Marvel's done for me. It's made me feel like I know more about science and mythology and history than I would have known otherwise. They didn't give me all that. They piqued my interest in those things. And I think that is the key for everybody involved. You don't look to comic books to, to be your total schooling effort. They shouldn't be. No, no comic book should. No, no single source should be. What they do is they get you to think. They get you to learn. And with the internet today, something you read in a comic book may pique your interest in something else. Maybe you read the Fantastic Four number one, and you see they went to space and how they do that. And it makes you think about the space program. And you read more about NASA, and you read more about the Apollo missions to the moon. Or you read about Greek mythology because you're, you're reading about Hercules in the Marvel Universe. Or you're reading about Thor, and you read about Norse mythology. It gets you thinking and reading about other things. And that's the importance of, of comic books to me. It's not in and of themselves. They're entertaining to a point. But as I've grown and as I've matured, it gets me thinking about other things. And maybe the writers had never no intention of ever doing that. 
I don't believe that, but I think that's, they always wanted to learn too. It was an opportunity for them to present a story and in a, in a compelling and relevant way that makes you think. I don't always agree with everything I read, but I'm happy that I read it and I'm happy that I have a chance to read more. And that's all comics should be for you. And if not if, at the barest minimum, they should be an entertainment source for you. But they are bridged to other things. They help you read. They help you learn. They help you grow. And that's, to me, all I could ever ask from a simple color color book. And if you're looking for more, great. I hope you find it. If you're not, keep your expectations realistic. That's what you're going to find. And I think this whole Marvel saga thing has taught me there's a lot to love about comics. There's, there's, you go through ups and downs with comics, just like anything else in life. You go through the ups and downs. I was in a lull. I was in a lull for a while now, and this has reinvigorated me. Just doing this has been cathartic for me to say, yeah, I remember what it was like to read this. I remember saving up my allowance so that I could go buy those books and buy every one I could afford so that I could read more about the adventures of my favorite comic book characters. Not my friends. They weren't my friends. They were comic book characters, and I had friends. But I, I always look forward to what I was going to learn about in the next issue. And I think that's what you need to think take from this. They can take you on a magical journey. They can provide the pictures to complete the experience, but you still have to take the journey. You have to take the the, the, the longest journey begins with a, a thousand steps begins with a single step. And you got to take that single step. Your single step is buying a comic book, sharing it with somebody you love, sharing it with your child. It's harder and harder to find comic books that are geared towards children, that are of good quality, but they are out there. <coughs> and you have to go find them and share that love because the only way this, this industry continues is if people keep buying and keep, people keep wanting to read these stories. That's the only way to get it. That's the only way it's going to continue so that your children and your grandchildren have comics to read. And I think they should. I really, really think they should. So if you agree with me, buy a comic for a kid. Read it with them. Understand what you're reading. Make sure it's age appropriate. But read with your children. Read with your friends. Discuss. Talk about it. I'd love if this led to discussion groups out there who get the latest comic books and sit around and compare them and, and pass them around and say, I read this and this is what I thought. You read it and tell me what you think. Maybe you got something different out of it, and that's good. I, I would love if that, that was the takeaway from this this series. So hopefully that is. I'll be back with another season at some point in the future. I don't know the exact date. Uh, if you're looking, if you can give me suggestions of what you want to hear, I'd certainly take those. Uh, I'll come up with something on my own. In a couple months, we'll start season two, and hopefully that will be another uh, 8 to 10 to 12 uh issue installment uh serialized storyline so thank you for joining me for this this uh installment of the marvel saga i hope to talk to you again soon and until then i'm chad good night
Thanks for listening. This has been a Hannah Tree production.